Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be! Nebula is the streaming service that's home to its Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part? All of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with E.T., you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. who like subsisted off of 7-Eleven for like an entire year. Really? Mostly because he was on the spectrum and it was like his safe food for a good chunk of a year. That's nice to have. Thanks, 7-Eleven. Except for the fact that 7-Eleven's food is, I would say it's defined as ungood for you. Yeah, it's not. It does not nourish your body in the way that food should or must. So seven. So so today is 7-Eleven. That's why we're talking about unless you're in a different part of the world where they put the dates in the other order, then it's 11-7 and you have no idea why we're making these 7-Eleven jokes. Did you think about that one, Tristan? No, and it's odd because I actually write my dates like year, month, day. So that works you write actually. It year, month, year, month, day. Yeah. So, so that, it's twenty twenty three. It's always correct. Two zero two three zero seven one one. Year, month, day. I guess that's yeah. So it'd be twenty twenty three seven eleven. Yeah. So only like in Britain, I guess, where they say like, oh, on the eleventh of Ju- uh, the eleven seven. Right. Because they would do it. Because then they're the we the reason they do it that way is so it's big smallest to biggest unit, right? Day, month, year. Yeah. The eleventh of July twenty twenty three. I think we're overthinking this. We're overthinking this bit. It's one of it's one of many mistakes that we'll be making in the next hour or so as Scott, I regret to inform you that I have once again fucked up. Yeah, we we did it again. And I just got to say, normally we would issue an apology video for our fuck ups, but we're my ukulele is broken <laughs> with well, the ukulele's broken. So instead, we're going to do this podcast. This is going to come out so long after yeah, that, it's not gonna that be relevant joke by is then. relevant. <laughs> All right, this is a corrections episode of this podcast. We'll talk more about that after we introduce the concept of this podcast. Yeah. This is a podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens, where we uh, look at the TV show Ancient Aliens and just other ancient astronaut theory and conspiracies and we look into them sometimes we debunk them sometimes we just sort of like talk about them and uh while learning about the really cool uh history of people and places and artifacts and time periods and it's just a fun time that we have on this show and i have an excuse for for fucking up because my name is scott and i know nothing i don't know anything i come into this show not even aware of what topic we're doing each week sometimes i don't i sometimes i forget we're even recording a podcast. I asked Tristan today, 
uh, like a minute after we were supposed to be recording. I was like, wait, are we recording today? Yep. Uh, my name's Tristan and I, uh, I do the research, but obviously in the like seven days I get between each episode to research these things, make a lot of, make a lot of goofers, make a lot of, of oopsie daisies. And I think that that is a perfectly acceptable thing for humans to do on a podcast. I try my best, but I think that, uh, if you at least are honest about your fuck ups and you talk about it in a quarterly episode, then I think we're good. And I think these are fun because not only do we do uh, corrections, but usually we get awesome submissions of like bonus extra information that we can also add to the conversation. And it's just fun. And I like, I like doing these episodes as well because I think it's, uh, it keeps us in check. It keeps our egos in check and lets everyone know that, that we are not really academic experts in a lot of the stuff that we talk about in most of the stuff we talk about. We're just people who like learning about stuff. I mean, Tristan, you do, you are much more learned than me, but I would say a lot of times we like to have experts on and when we don't, we're we're relying on, you know, very quick turnaround research. And this podcast is for entertainment mostly. Uh, so we appreciate the people who do write in and uh, correct us when we get stuff wrong or when we just miss some uh, information that is also cool. Yeah. And so the way that I do it, just so that people won't be like, hey, you forgot to mention the thing that I mentioned is that mm. I basically do it roughly in episode order and add stuff as we collect them over the things. So yes. basically the way that it tends to trend is that the older episodes, as they get more and more thoroughly covered, become less of a part of the episode and we focus more on stuff because I get more, we get more corrections on episodes shortly after they come out than like months later. So yes, we tend to get to, and we're still hopelessly far behind. That's why we're doing this every quarter because there's so many. Yeah, yeah. let's dive into it. So let's, let's jump into some corrections then. What episode did we get stuff wrong? with uh the most recent one or the oldest one that we start off with is the band of holes all the way back in episode 27 Mm -hmm. and this is just a very quick one and that i said in episode 27 apparently i implied that machu picchu was the capital of the incas when it was cusco small detail but i wanted Mm. to know i'm pretty sure i knew that but maybe i worded things wrong but yeah cusco uh, was the famous capital of the inca empire and it was a big fancy empire too and that's why they named see i and that's why they named the character Cusco in Emperor's New Groove, right? Sure. Why, why not? not? <laughs> that's what I think. Maybe I'm wrong and we'll get a correction <laughs> about this correction. David Spade has entered the chat. But that, so next week we jump forward to the last episode that we haven't covered, which was our two-parter on Renaissance art. Ooh, yes. Where we got a lot of fun, a lot of fun juice to cover on in this one. Um, first one is that uh, someone explained to us why the Holy Spirit's represented as a dove. And it's because of Luke 22, uh, where the the spirit of God is hovering over the water. The word hovering yeah. is a bird used to describe a mother hen protecting its chicks in Hebrew and it could also be translated oh. as brooding, which is a term for raising baby birds. Brooding is fun, though. I like the idea of God as like Batman watching over Gotham City. You I'm know? Batman. I am Batman. I am God. I'm God. Have you seen my like very mildly successful Twitter thread where I have been inventing a new Batman villain by the name of the game? changer who keeps making increasingly oh. insane game show based no, ways to that. torture Batman. Is this uh, is this character loose? The, it, would we fan cast potentially a Sam Reich in this role? This is directly just like what if Sam Reich yeah, became okay. a Batman villain? <laughs> 
which basically, if you were to watch Game Changer, is essentially the it is it is increasingly becoming the backstory of a future Batman villain. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> especially with the finale, one of the the, the, the escape room, not episode. the actual finale. Yeah, the the escape room episode. Yes, very very good. Yeah. Uh, someone I apparently referenced to one of these paintings as the Immaculate Conception. Oh wait, yes, I know this. It is not Immaculate Conception. Immaculate Conception regards the conception of Mary by Saint yes. Anne and Joaquin, not the conception of Jesus by of Mary Jesus. and him. No, that is that is a like a common misconception. Again, I for anyone who's somewhat new to the show, I did go to Bible college for a little bit. Jesus was his whole thing. It was just a, a virgin birth was for Jesus. The Immaculate Conception was this idea that Mary, I believe... See, now we're getting into dangerous territory where I'm going off of my memory, but I believe it was the idea that Mary did not have original sin. And that was uh, that way when she did give birth to Jesus, Jesus also did not have original sin. Okay. And and therefore could be, you know, holy and pure and whatnot. I think that's what I remember. That makes sense. Uh, Next thing I got is that one of the, there's two jacked babies in one of the paintings we covered and we didn't know what the other one was. And someone mentioned that it's St. John the Baptist. Nice. So that's the other jacked baby. gains, John. Yeah. (laughs) Getting all that, uh, that whey protein in. uh, Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of protein in hummus and they have a lot of hummus in Judea. So maybe they're just like jacked Mm -hmm. on chickpeas. That's the baby diet. Baby mm-hmm. gets born, immediate, all protein diet. Yeah. All protein. That's all you need. Huge babies. Um, also, uh, angels in the Bible do appear human-like in the Bible. The wrestling between Jacob and Israel, for example. So I guess like I think I mentioned that by me- mentions of angels in the Bible only show them as inhuman monsters and that it's like later artistic interpretations yeah. that make them human, but apparently that's not the case. There are, uh, yeah, there, there, there probably are some. There are. They're, it's a real mixed bag, these angels, because sometimes they are like monsters um, that always have to. This because they all the very first thing that like angels say almost all the time is like, be not afraid because they are terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there are representations of, of humanoid uh, angels. It's almost as if the Bible was written by multiple authors over thousands of years. I don't think that's contested by anybody. (laughs) It actually was. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, I'm sure someone's already said, but a fun fact about the devil butt. Excellent. We get to talk about the devil butt again. The devil butt. Yeah. It stems from the belief that human faces point upward towards God and demons point away, which is were said to have kissed the devil's ass to sell their soul in some cases. So if you, so they basically were like, you look up to God with your face. So what do you use if you have a face to look down at the devil? Mm, you but you, but, you look but, at but, devil butt yeah do you use your butt to look at the devil or do you look because you can do both you can look up to god and point your butt at the devil but you're saying you use your face to look at the devil's butt why is the devil not looking at me turn around devil what are you looking at looking at your butt all right he's checking you out okay um apparently i also flubbed a line when i said when i was talking about on the like really cool story of like how we found in refuse some of the homework of like a nine-year-old kid in ancient novgorod uh-huh which is one of the coolest pits of like history i've ever seen because it's like all of these like drawings and him as like a knight and like all sorts of stuff and i'm like this is awesome yeah 
It's just like kids doodling. Yeah. And I think I said that Novgorod was part of Russia in the past. This was me obviously not speaking correctly because Novgorod is, of course, was independent back then and is now part of Russia. Gotcha. Uh, and when Onfim was alive, Novgorod was the capital of its own powerful independent republic that was a major exporter of furs and Europe's big, big exporter, biggest exporter of wax and honey. So there's some Novgorod oh, wow. facts. Biggest exporter of wax and honey. But Novgorod is today now part of Russia, but it wasn't back then. And I think I, I knew that, but then I, my brain spoke incorrectly. Just got it flipped around. Yeah. It can happen. The only, uh, the other one part is uh, we talked a little bit about whether or not Mario fucks. And someone pointed out that the only oh, canon I Mario. I don't remember that, but okay. Uh, we did. I do remember this. Um, but the <laughs> only right. canon Mario is Bob Hoskins, and he absolutely fucks. Yeah. Wanting Luigi out of the house so he can fuck is the inciting incident of the whole documentary. That's, yep, that's true. And that, and again, that is the only canon Mario. That's interesting. Well, that, that's our answer. Mm-hmm. Mario fucks everyone mario fox it's official it's canon mario fox everyone everyone knows what cake is um mm-hmm. i think that the zoomers now use that so i mean he's got a ground pound you know he's got <laughs> to go to ground pound town oh god <laughs> We're an extremely normal podcast, by the way. If someone sold a a shirt with Mario on it that just said Ground Pound Town, I would buy it. I'm just and it, but it would have to be a slightly off Mario, like one that is legally distinct and like definitely is like that's kind of Mario, but it's not quite there. Overall, sort of hanging down, just completely jacked. Yeah, has like a tattoo on his chest that says "Good Girl." (laughs) Boy. Um. Okay. So. Uh, the other one, this is a big, this is a big goof, goof em up that I did. I did a couple mm-hmm. big goof em ups when it came to the history of the early Ottoman Empire and the Byzantine Empire. So Constantine wasn't the one who split the Roman Empire in half. Constantine and his father actually reunified the previous administrative divisions where Diocletian uh, split it into two empires in four quadrants with one empire, emperor and one co-emperor each to respond to outside threats more efficiently. The split of the Eastern Roman mm-hmm. Empire, which sometimes goes colloquially as the Byzantine Empire was after the death of Theodosius I in 395 CE, 58 years after Constantine's death. The East, the ruling class of the Eastern Roman Empire also did not become fully Hellenized until the reign of Heraclius in the early 600s. Okay. So what, so summarize this for me. What did we get wrong? And then what was sort of the, so I claimed because, uh, like Constantine was like, if I remember correctly, the person who moved the Roman capital away from Rome and towards Constantinople. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I conflated that with the fact that at a certain point, the Roman empire splits in half and becomes two distinct countries, the Holy Roman empire and the, uh, Byzantine empire. So this correction is basically, there are two different events, and then we just sort of got- I kind of mashed them together in my head because my knowledge of uh, early Middle Ages history is bad. Um, I'm not really much of a European historian, and anytime I talk about European shit, I get stuff wrong. Sure. So really, the person who really uh, split the emperor empire was not Constantine. Constantine, if anything, reunified the empire because mm. a previous emperor, Diocletian, had actually created like the empire had two emperors, like co-emperors who took over two different ends to manage like invasions better because it was so mm-hmm. big at that time. And Constantine brought that shit back together. But... 58 years after he died, Emperor Theodosius I in 395 split the empire in half. 
Gotcha. And that the ruling class of the Eastern Roman Empire or the, you know, they were not Hellenized, which means they didn't like become like Greek until mm-hmm. uh, the early 600s or at least not fully Greek. Okay, in the reign of Emperor Heraclius. Heraclius. The other bit is that Greek self-identification as Roman continued widely until the rise of Romanticist Greek nationalism, drawing from the classics. In some cases, it continued into the 20th century with Peter Sharana's anecdote, etc. So, so for a long time, Greeks didn't actually identify with like Socrates and 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 like you know mm. Athens and stuff, but they more identified with like being Romans until right. a sort of resurgent Greek nationalism in like the 19th, 20th century. Okay, and it's weird because now, uh, now like uh, in some ways, there the. The, the the Russians claim to be like the continuation of Rome because Caesar, huh. the the name for okay. the name for the emperor of of Rome, right, um, got turned into Kaiser at one point, oh. and also became Czar. Czar. And because the Eastern Roman Empire, its big distinction from the Western Roman Empire was that they were Orthodox Christians as opposed to Catholics. Okay. At a certain point after the fall of Constantinople, Russia sort of eventually started to think of itself as like the protectors of Orthodox Christianity. And to this day, they kind of um, try to act in that role to some extent. And so sometimes they get called the third Rome. All right. I have to ask, how confident are you in the things that you're saying? Because this is all off the cuff. And yeah. We could, this, we could have to issue another correction. I could. I could. There's there's some, I know that there's some stuff I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to be very general and focus on things that I do know about, but there could yeah. be, there, there might be some oversimplifications going on there, but that's, that's fine. That's the broad strokes. And we'll cover those in a future correction episode if it comes to that. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, the other one too, is that I said that Osman was the person who overthrew Constantine. Constantinople. That is not correct. Uh, this was a really dumb mistake on my part about basic Ottoman history. So Osman mm-hmm. was the sultan who basically created what we call the Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire existed for like 150 years before the fall of Constantinople. Okay. And so the actual uh, sultan who conquered Constantinople was Mehmed II. Gotcha. Uh, for anyone, if you want like a cultural comparison, Mehmed is basically Muhammad in Turkish. Uh, so, oh, cool. And Mehmed II is known for like once somebody said this, I like smacked my forehead. And I'm like, yes, of course. How did I forget mm-hmm. that? Uh, then, yeah, some way, Constantinople's walls are called the Theodosian walls, which I kind of mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. Land-based cannons had been used in Europe for over 100 years by 1453 when the city was conquered. So even then, I just repeated the mistake I think I made in the last one. So, Oh, my gosh. I, I didn't say, I think I said it was like the advent of cannons, but I do think that um, very famous, like, what's it called? I feel like Constantinople is like the most famous case of like ancient medieval city walls being knocked down mm-hmm. by cannons, which is like a very symbolic of the changing period that was going on. And gotcha. also was like the rise of like the Ottoman Empire, which to a lot of people was very threatening because Europeans were like, oh shit, there's like this super powerful Muslim empire that's like expanding into Europe because they didn't stop at that. They There's like, um, like a lot of the history of Eastern Europe in the Balkans mm-hmm. and stuff like that has to do with like struggles against the Turks in the centuries after this. So, so just to just to clarify this part of the correction, mm-hmm. the the idea that 
it was the invention of cannons that took down Constantinople is wrong because they had been invented like a hundred and so plus years earlier. Mm-hmm. But maybe is it would you is this like the most or just a very famous example of of like using the cannons to to break down the walls and that's yeah basically the reason why it sticks out is because the Theodosian walls were like known as like this is why Constantinople will never fall. It's like the impregnable city. Like these walls are mm. ancient. They stood for centuries. They're like the most amazing walls ever made and they were brought down by cannons which yeah again we're not new yeah they were not new um they've been around for they had been around for a hundred years but they were this is i think like the most famous case but it definitely wasn't the first time that cannons had ever been used man history is very fun it can be very confusing yes especially when you get into eastern europe yeah things, get, things like. get very complicated here all right are we moving off of it or are we no we're still going we with it okay let's keep going i up super hard on this episode all right or should i say i we got a very thoughtful Twitter thread that kind of covered everything in really good detail. And it's worth doing. Uh, by the time the Romans conquered, all was left was Constantinople, the Despotate of Moria, and the Empire of Trebizond, all of which were minuscule with Constantinople being essentially a vassal of the Ottomans more often than not for several decades. All right, let's move on to another correction. Sure. All right, now let's move on to Yonaguni. Yes. So I think I mentioned that, uh, that Japan extended to Kamchatka, which is a thing that I mm-hmm. actually... Uh, knew was incorrect and that this is actually a current source of um, of border tension between Russia and uh, Japan because okay. there's these islands called the Kuril Islands that mm-hmm. currently belong to Russia but like uh, they, there's been they've been owned back and forth by Russia and Japan for uh, over the last like hundred or so years mm-hmm. and they are still a point of like border friction between the two countries but who owns them mm, I see I see I also said that DDR Jake was known for this is this is the most important correction of all oh yeah so i said that ddr jake Jake was known for the conquest of conquering the world as the ryukyu islands and europe universalis 4 but Uh what he was actually known for was conquering the world as the ryukyu islands in europe universalis 3 and they added the achievement in europe universalis 4 because of his success and then what i saw because i wasn't a paradox head in the eu three times of course i saw was ddr jake redoing his achievement in eu4 oh i see and okay actually for a while um he he was so good he knew eu4 so well that at one point he actually used to work for paradox he was like one of the he was the head developer of eu4 for a bit so oh my gosh that's pretty cool well thank you thank you gamers Thank you, gamers, for this correction. You ever get so good at a video game that you eventually become he- like head developer of that game? Actually, I think that kind of no. happened. That happened with um, I think that happened with World of Warcraft, and it's kind of one of the reasons the game has fa- failed. <laughs> oh no! It's one of the reasons That's for no one good. of its most recent, like uh, sort of its recent problems, because some of the people who are high up at World of Warcraft were like people who were in like some of the top end players, like in the early days mm. of the game. But then they like optimized the game around people who play it a lot, and that kind of led a lot of oh. people to be like. Oh, okay. If there was a video, this is an important question. If there was a video game that you, what's, what, here's, all right. What is the video game you are the best at? Not even the best in the world. Just you personally are the best at that you could take it over. That you, that if that would be the only option that people would be like, all right, you can take over this game because you're the, this is the best one that you could do. Uh, I'm not very good at any video games. Same. Um, I'm like, I'm so bad at video games. 
I would probably say like if there was any that I could like be so good at that I could take over because like I have design opinions, it would probably be like mm-hmm. D&D or something. I have yeah. I've played the shit out of that system and I have a lot of issues with it. And um, that's fair. And I would not hire the Pinkertons to hunt down somebody who accidentally got sent <laughs> the wrong cards personally. So I, I've been wanting, I've been like, YouTube's been recommending me a lot of video game speed running stuff. I would love to do a damage list or like hitless run of Altered Beast because I played that game a lot on the Sega Game Gear growing up. I don't, I've not done a hitless run, but I think, I don't know if that's a category for speed running, a, a hitless run of Altered Beast. I want to do it. I think that is, I don't think I'd be the fastest, but I think I could get on the leaderboards mostly because I don't think anyone is really playing that game that much. I don't think there's hundreds of people, but there might be like a dozen and I bet I could be in the top 10. In November, I turned 35. Any game that requires doing anything fast, I'm done. I'm done. I, I'm at You the- don't have to do, <laughs> that's the thing about speed runs. They don't even have to be fast. If you do like a damage list run of anything, you can take your sweet time and chances are it will, you know, if you finish, it'll still be like top 10 (laughs) i'm getting to like the point where i don't even want to play non-turn-based games because i'm just like this is too fast i don't want to bother with this shit yeah i I can't no twitchy games i'm becoming ancient i'm becoming a boomer don't tell me this all right let's move on someone also mentioned that i think this is a i think this is a you uh correction oh no don't tell me that uh but uh we talked in yonaguni about national treasure 2 a movie that i have not Uh seen so i wouldn't have made any claims about all right um, the city of gold in National Treasure 2 is Cibola, a Native American set of seven cities of gold, not El Dorado. Okay. I think they, but I thought they mentioned, all right, I'll take their word for it. <laughs> it is wrong. I you feel got the like wrong they, city of gold. I feel like I'm going to look this up. Treasure 2, El Dorado. Um, fuck, maybe I did get it wrong. All right. Fair enough. It is not El Dorado. I really thought that they were trying to fold that in and and claim that El Dorado was in America because that would have been why in specifically in the United States that would have been wild. I, I just imagine that that was in an early draft that they then edited because they're like El Dorado is not supposed to be in America. <laughs> it looks like I'm not the only person who has thought this as well because uh, there are other people who have made the same mistake. So I'm not alone but yeah i think they're right it's not el dorado mm-hmm. uh in our episode on the dendera lights i forgot to mention mm-hmm. that oil lanterns do use a wick just like a candle because we we're getting kind of confused for how those lanterns worked and i forgot yeah. to mention that even though they do look like you know tea teapots they do have a kettle uh, a wick coming at the end so that you do light that on fire yeah because it soaks in the oil right yeah i think don't correct me. In the Bosnian period uh, pyramid episode, I was mm-hmm. talking about the products of the breakup of Yugoslavia, uh, and I talked about Republika Srpska, but Herzegovina actually existed since the 1400s. Also, I totally missed the mispronounced the um, the the hill's name. It's called uh, Vizochica. Vizochica. Mm, my Bosniak is um, is terrible pronunciation, and also. Uh, I referenced to the Illyrians as a tribe. They were not a tribe. They were a collection of peoples. The tribe that inhabited the site were the Dacitates, the Dacitates of the uh, Pannonian subgroup of the Illyrians. So, so these are the these are the corrections that I that I think I value the most 
is like letting us know when we use the wrong language to de- to describe uh, a culture or a group of people or, or anything like that. Because uh, we've gotten a couple of those before, and it's always very helpful for us moving forward if we revisit uh, a topic. And it's just it's also just nice to know what what the uh, what the correct language is. So I appreciate that. Any people who do that, and we never say we never say anything incorrect out of malice. Obviously, I yeah. hope that's clear. I just just to know that I am very stupid and. So- so that is the reason for most no. of the mistakes. Just uh, just uninformed, which is why I like these. All right. Um, Lemino found the source for that Christopher Columbus thing on the Bruda Triangle video. The TLDW is that Columbus's log says that he saw a meteor in the middle of North Atlantic in the middle of meteor season, which made me think, oh, meteor system season. What is meteor season? Um, meteor season. That's when the babies are born and they're trying to get meteor. They're trying to get beefier. Yeah. All those, all those buff protein babies. It's meteor season, Meteors. baby. Oh my God. Uh, in reference to Charles Taylor, he had two compasses, his radio call that went up, that both went out and made it much more likely that he experienced a kind of cognitive fixation that CRM, the crew resource management was developed to protect against. It's caused many airplane accidents. So we talked about this. So Charles Taylor was the uh, commander of the airplanes that like ran out of fuel and crashed in the Bermuda Triangle that led to the Bermuda Triangle mm-hmm. thing. So it says that that he had two compasses. So like they wouldn't have gotten lost if like one of them had mis- had misfunctioned. But that that he experienced a kind of cognitive fixation mm-hmm. that uh, there are things to protect against, but that uh, and that this has a history of causing airplane accidents. So mm. it was a psychology thing. Gotcha. Uh, next, we got uh, y'all mentioned the Bermuda Triangle episode. Then an account of green, then white, then green, but didn't talk about this wildly awesome phenomenon that was captured for the first time this year. Uh, milky seas are caused by rare bioluminescent bacteria, which instead of glowing blue or green, glow white. Current theories oh. predict that this rare glow might be due to a uh, saprophilic uh, phytic rela- relationship, i.e., they feed on decaying organic matter between luminous bacteria and a species of microalgae. Exp- Expressing on a large scale. So one of the things that might have confused him is that mm. is that he might like that the sky, that the the water might have been like a cloudy white that was glowing oh, almost because of bioluminescent bacteria in the water that were feeding on decaying organic material. Like say that's of interesting. Billionaires at the bottom of the ocean or something. Oh no, Tristan, we can't make jokes about the Titanic thing. People are gonna hate is it us. Too old or is it too spicy? No, it's too. Apparently, it's spicy. I don't think it's that spicy, but people mm. are people are you're. People are like, you can't say that. I'm devastated. I'm crushed. Um, don't, okay. don't say um, that. Come on. <laughs> okay. On the episode on the Will of the Wisps. Yes. Just on an addendum on your Will of the Wisp episode, a lot of lights have actually been directly proven to just be headlights and superior mirages. Like, I think the Marfa lights are that. Mm, yeah. Scott's Marfa light in particular is car headlights from straight on on the highway. Mine? My Marfa light? I think you. I have one. I think you talked about the Marfa lights. Uh, or is that? Or is that just a famous one? Scott's Scott Marfa lights. Scott's Marf. How do you spell Marfa light? Tell me that one. M A R F A light. L I G H T. Okay. Scott's Marfalite. No, that's nothing. Okay. I guess I talked about it. Yeah. So this is, so yeah. I mean, obviously headlights wouldn't have been a thing back in like ye olden times when people were doing 
when, when people were making spotting, you know, the, the will o' the wisps. Um, but I modern think, day, but yeah, yeah headlights for and sure, mirages, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like n- these days, there's so much more. I think you know stuff to to point to that makes more sense. You know, there's lights everywhere. Lights everywhere. I have so many lights on in my room right now. Things glowing like like wild. If I was like a a, a will o' wisp, I would probably hang out somewhere like Vegas or something, where like no any there's lights all around and no one would ever suspect me to, to be there although i guess you do want to lure people that is sort of their mo so mm-hmm. maybe you wouldn't hang out there uh the next one i think i have like i think that there's like a little bit of disconnect i i, I think that um might have been a misunderstanding in the way that i talked about things because this is a connection that is not mine that i i did not make it myself but i think that it is I think there's something I, I'll just get into it. So we, I talked about the boy, the boy Tata or boy Tata, which is sort mm-hmm. of like this snake with fire in its eyes that uh, is big in like Brazil and mm-hmm. uh, is suspect is basically connected to being a will of the wisp or being like similar to the story of the will of the wisp. So someone mm-hmm. said that a boy Tata is nothing like a will of the wisp. More often than not, boy Tata is said to be a giant fire serpent. Sometimes just the eyes are on fire. Sometimes the whole body is on fire. And when it mm. isn't to my knowledge, only in the South, it's de- described as two balls of fire that float on top of the fence poles on both sides of a gate. Mm. Second, most stories about it being on big open fields, not on swamps and forests. And finally, it doesn't lead anywhere. If anything, it's the one following you in the Southern version where it's more malicious kind of creature or it just stands there menacingly other versions where it's a fire spirit that protects nature from evildoers. So that is true. I think that there, 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 I think that when I was trying to make the connection, I was not making a connection. Like this was a story about the will of the wisp that got changed by entering Brazilian culture because I think this has more connection with indigenous culture. But right. what I what I said, what, what I think I meant was, is what they got here, is that they are both derived from the same phenomenon. They're both made of fire that is shaped like a ball and that they're scientific behind the reason like gas produced from decomposition catching fire is the same. Um, the only re- the only difference is that in Brazil, it's fairly often gas coming off from dead livestock. Mm. That's why in a lot of post-Columbian sightings of Boitata in Brazil, they tend to be found in places where there's a lot of cattle because gotcha. Brazil raises a lot of cows. Makes sense. Where a lot of North America's beef imports come from. It's where cows are. Yeah, it's what cows, where cows are. That, that's why that's if you ever meet a cow and it's got a brazilian accent that's why yeah that's why cows love football mm-hmm. okay love it um next i got uh in the grim reaper episode i referred to they call it hoofball by the way hoofball. just so you know oh they God. call it hoofball oh okay um okay uh in the grim reaper episode i talked about japan saying that a fox spirit was called a kitsune uh somebody pointed out that uh kitsune is just the japanese word for fox Ah, and that the Japanese just have myths that foxes grow magically powerful if they live long enough. That's cool. And that the term Firefox is actually not a reference to a fox, but is actually a nickname for the red panda. Oh, wait, does that mean the Firefox logo, the browser logo is inaccurate? I don't know. Then I'm sure we're not the first people to make this revelation because I think it is just a fox on the Firefox logo. Yeah. 
Uh, also that um, I said that Dia de los Muertos is syncretic with All uh, Saints Day, which is on November mm. 1st, but it's actually syncretic with the Feast of All Souls Day, which is on November 2nd. Okay. And it's definitely not. Gotcha. So it's not All Saints Eve, which is October 31st after sundown and it's or Halloween. And it's not on All Saints Day on November 1st, but it's All Souls Day on November 2nd. You might, you might understand why me, a non-Catholic, would have been There's confused there. a lot of holidays all in a row. A lot of things going on there. Yeah. Uh, second, or the second thing I got here is that Dia de los Muertos is also not a single homogenous thing and range from early to mid-October all the way to late November, depending on the region and ethnic group, each day dedicated oh. to a particular way of dying. Within the hegemonic colonial system, N1 is for children and two is for adults, but indigenous festivities do also N1 November 1st, November 2nd. So November 1st is Children's Day of the Dead and November 2nd is Adults Day of the Dead. Uh, indigenous festivities uh, do also do things for drowning, those who've been struck by lightning, those who died from falling, those from fires, those from disease, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. And I also conflated La Catrina, the uh, the Mexican like kind of image of mm-hmm. the Day of the Dead, sort of like the mascot of the Day of the Dead, which comes from like a yeah. 19th century uh, thing, is not the same as Santa Muerte, which is its own figure. Despite the fact that they're both skeletal figures are different skeletal figures. Different skeletons. Mm-hmm. There's more than one. La Catrina can be in the form of the Grim Reaper, but I'm mixing the Atole and Pozole by mixing them together via their association with the Grim Reaper and being anthropomorphic personifications of death. So both are anthropomorphic personifications of death. Both are, both are uh, associated with the Grim Reaper, but they okay. are different figures and uh, distinctly different. different figures. One is like a reference to a holiday that is like cherished and one is actually considered like mm-hmm. Santa Muerte by the Catholic Church is considered heresy. So gotcha. It's like Santa and Jesus. You celebrate them around the same time every year, but they're very different. And one of them's quite religious. This could be all wrong, what I'm saying. <laughs> the other thing I got here is that in Latvian mythology, the, uh, the, the, the thing I talked about Latvian mythology, it's called Veumate or Veumat, mm-hmm. and it translates something akin to Mother of Spirits or Mother of Dead Souls. I also mentioned the Wild Hunt as being a Welsh thing, but it's actually not specifically a Welsh thing, and it has origins in several Germanic folk traditions as well, uh, and mm-hmm. they are also a big part of Scandinavian folklore, which then makes the Witcher make a lot more sense because the Witcher is primarily informed by Polish mythology and that fits closer. Did you hear that they're going to contextually like replace because that we already knew they were going to replace Henry Cavill but they're going to do it in in, in universe text. they're going to in universe like come up with a reason why he looks different they're not just going to start doing it Henry Cavill gets stabbed to the heart and as he's about to like collapse he starts glowing orange and he like gets yep. up and it blows in his energy and he regenerates he's, into he's like Hemsworth I'll always remember when the witcher was me and then <laughs> and then that's that's him. New new Witcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the episode about John Winthrop, I mentioned it being in Middle English. It is not er- Middle English. It's Early Modern English. My bad. Mm. Um, the UAP episode, I also got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of uh, shit for because the UAP okay. stuff was, I think that people have like a lot of the UAP stuff that's come out of the military. There's been, a, I've, I've had a bit of a change of heart on the last stuff of the UAP stuff. There's, I think I'm coming more around to the conclusion that uh, the UAP, U.S. is drawing a lot of attention to UAP stuff because it's a way to uh, justify more investment in the U.S. military budget without having to have an ah. enemy country to put stuff in. And so I see there have been several sleuths who have looked closely at some of these major UAP incidences and have um, 
debunked them for the most part, pointing out that the gimbal was probably a private jet and uh, a mix of a private jet and some equipment issues. The go fast was probably a balloon, but because of perspective and altitude, it uh, it looked different. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. And the, and I also said that the little alien is in Roswell, but it's actually in Rachel, Nevada, because it's actually not near Roswell. It's near Area 51. And uh, oh, the, the alien, which I have also been to, uh, is actually is the only place near Area 51 where you can get a hotel room. Huh. Good marketing then for them. Yeah. And I also, I think, made some off comment about how Russian drones are sort of uh, doing successful on like doing the cheap and disposable drones rather than like the big expensive ones. Mm -hmm. And they disagreed with my take on that. And I will say that it was a controversial take and it's still one that I think is... I think is still being fought out in Europe right now. And I don't think that the, the answer about whether cheap and disposable drones versus like big and expensive drones has been settled. Uh, Fair enough. And hopefully it won't be because I feel like if, uh, if U S drones and Russian drones are actively going head to head with each other, um, there might not be much of a world left. If that, I don't think we'll be, I don't think we'll have a really a good time debating that. I don't think that's going to be the most pressing matter right now is to be like, all right, let's just let's get on our podcast and talk about yeah. who, who was right and who was wrong. I think there'll be more pressing issues if that uh, if that happens. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't. I don't know if I mentioned it in the episode or not because this was a while ago. But I will mention that this is kind of an important side of it, which is that that I, I might have said that they were Russian drones, and I will point out that Russia has not been. I don't think Russia has been the one making these drones. They're buying them from Iran, and it's Iran that has found out how to make a drone with for ten thousand uh, dollars mm. from like parts they bought on Alibaba and such. But oh, nice. it's it's more complicated, obviously. Well, I think we'll probably end it there for this week mm-hmm. then. Um for this for this quarterly corrections episode. Thank you again to everyone who wrote in um on our Twitter account. I, we also have a corrections form uh, at probsnetaliens.com where you can send in uh, corrections about specific episodes. And uh, we just appreciate everyone, even even if some of them are more opinions rather than, you know, what have you. Disagreements, uh, it's still fun. I should say. Disagreements. It's still fun to have these conversations and we like having them uh, with you and, and we just like showing that we're, we like, we're listening to you and, and I don't know. It's like a fun community interaction thing i like it yeah do you like it i'm i'm generally a fan of our show and i do like being honest and uh transparent with people so i'm i'm down to keep this yeah. going uh it's a good quarterly thing it's a fun way to also give uh us a little bit or at least give my breather. research load a little bit of a breather yeah which is very helpful again if you want to issue any other corrections or insight that you might have you can go find us on twitter or instagram at probs not aliens as well as our website probs not aliens com where you can find links to everything about the show mm-hmm. including where to listen to it if you want to send this show to someone tell them about it that's always a good time uh it's a great website and uh tristan where can people find more of you and your stuff i have a channel called step back which is all about trying to get perspective on the world today by stepping back and looking at the history and context behind what's happening despite that being the channel's goal uh my most recent video because of like vidcon and other things i decided to just make a shit post where i do a tier list of every single u.s president based on pros and cons and smash or pass so enjoy that very important Mm-hmm. very 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 important mm-hmm. what about you scott if i wanted to learn more about wait wait i gotta do the bit do the bit find an old video of mine if i wanted to learn why the eternal comics are also bad <laughs> <laughs> that's not that old 
that's a video that you and I did together, actually, about the Eternals. You're right. And yeah, movies. that was an advertisement for a, the show. <laughs> and it's an advertisement for this show because it's also about ancient aliens. You can go check that out over on my YouTube channel, NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. Uh, links to all this stuff will be in the description. I also have new videos that I'm working on. That'll be very fun and uh, upsetting, potentially. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, thank you to everyone who writes reviews of this show on Apple Podcasts and people who provide feedback on Spotify. Those are really fun. I get emails about all that all the time. Um, thank you for taking the time out to do that. Until next time, my name is Scott Nicewander. I'm Tristan Johnson, and the truth is out there. Probably. Unless I get it wrong. Hey, I got something wrong this time, I think. Mm-hmm. I already forgot what it was. Don't tell me. I want to pretend I'm right. It's about, it's about National Treasure 2. Oh, yeah. How could you possibly get a Nick Cage fact wrong? How could I get it wrong?